You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of not just the Locked On Padres podcast, but also the Locked On It is, if you've been a longtime listener, about the, let me see, 30, like the 37th time, which actually isn't that hyper, hyperbolic of a statement to make, a crossover that I've had with the host of Locked On Giants, who is Mr. Ben Cast. How are you doing on this fine Friday? I'm doing great. You know, no baseball today, which is always a little bit sad. No Giants baseball, that is. And mm-hmm. uh, But the Giants, they, they need it. And I'm looking forward to the Padres coming into town. Padres are playing well. And it seems like those those series are always kind of tight and competitive. So looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely, man. And we've had so many chats over the course of the last couple of years that it's like, I mean, we've just, it's so funny that even though it's a divisional rivalry and all that stuff, right, it's, it's never been mean. You know, Jeff Snyder of Lockdown Dodgers. He's the I say Miller Thomas of Lockdown Diamondbacks. Those guys are the mean ones because for me, and one thing that a lot of Giants players that I grew up really, really liking, like Hunter Pence and and Posey, and of course the freak, right? Like there's there's been a lot of guys that is just they always have a weird player. And not necessarily because they literally are a weird personality, but it's like, all right, they're weird player this year. I dare say, and I'm going to ask you about this one off the stop to get right into it, is Joey Bart. That's who I think is the weird Giants player in the sense that, and you've tweeted about this a lot. Everybody can follow Ben. He's great for all the, the stats and stuff on not just Giants, but all across baseball. This man, I know it's become a little bit almost lazy to label everyone that walks and strikes out a lot, Joey Gallo, but I'm going to do that anyway. He feels like he's been a little bit Joey Gallo-like when it comes to just his walks, when it comes to all that stuff. You know, replacing Buster Posey, how have you felt about him uh, this season so far for a guy that seems to have really precipitously kind of fallen in the hype, I guess, as a prospect at catcher? It You absolutely nailed it in the term weird. I think it's been just an unbelievably weird season when you look at the numbers like what's what's Mm -hmm. so weird is that he's been able to achieve by a number like weighted runs created plus or even probably ops Mm -hmm. plus as well which is a similar type of number uh he's been able to achieve better than average yet if you look at some of the other things he's striking out more than anybody in baseball his strikeout rate is up close to 50 percent like he really is striking out so much like almost half the time he goes up there. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he has been able to get on base more than the average player because his walk rate is in the top uh, 10th percentile or so in Major League Baseball, maybe even better than that. And he's also been able to hit for some power. So there definitely is some Joey Gallo to that. I think Joey Gallo would be a great ultimate outcome if you can get that type of offense, even though it is frustrating at times and some fans don't understand that that you can even be a good offensive player even if you can strike out like 40 times in in you know 100 plate appearances but uh i mean posey's hard to replace and and i must say also though that kurt casali as their other catcher has been quite good especially as of late 
And so they're mm. they're kind of sharing the load to an extent. The classic Giants platoon. <laughs> That's well, yeah, what you guys love doing the platoon. Though, so oh, really? Okay, there you go. So it's not a traditional platoon, but but I think that the way that they want to kind of operate at the catcher position because it's such a demanding physical position is more of a timeshare and just kind of an even split. So in the beginning of the year, it was kind of two thirds in favor of Bart, and it's kind of shifted towards Casali more because he's frankly been a better at bat and they're both Bart has been solid defensively but Casale uh, stands out to me as even better defensively yeah I mean and that's a big thing for them right and I think that a big thing again why we don't have this this sort of giant beef with the other host is that I've kind of believed in the Giants I'm actually kind of bullish on the Giants this year in the sense that I just think a lot of people are focusing on the Gosman posy thing, which, by the way, is very, very warranted. Those two were awesome, even if Gosman wasn't great in the second half for the Giants. And Posey, obviously, pretty unanimously believed to be like a Hall of Famer, and he was awesome last year. And it's very rare that a guy leaves uh, at the level that he was performing last year. So people naturally were like, all right, the Giants are going to decline. I agree. But the problem is that they won 107 games. And I just believe that fundamentally, unless I see nine players leave a team, right? Unless it's like in football, unless the quarterback of a 14 and two team is, is gone now, I need more to suggest that they're going to go from being the best team in baseball, arguably, or at least tied for the best team in baseball, to being a team that's going to win like 84 games. 107 to 84 is an insane drop off. So the thing is, all right, they'll be worse. But what if their worst is like 93, 94 wins? That's still a great team, especially when you take into account if you win that amount of games again in the playoffs, the starting pitching, right? Like the starting pitching is really a big strength of the team, which I guess is a segue into my next point. Uh, I've been saying a lot of things so far, but, you know, the Giants starting pitching without Kevin Gosman, they've been, it seems, and we'll we'll circle back to it, I imagine, and, uh, as we go along, but they've seemed to uh, replace Kevin Gosman pretty okay. Uh, so far, what is kind of the big surprise or the big story, I guess, just with the Giants starting pitching so far? I would say the big story so far is Carlos Rodon. He's been mm. as advertised except for the Sunday night start, his most recent start on Sunday night baseball against the Cardinals. He got lit up. Right. But besides yeah. that, I mean, he was completely untouchable. Like his strikeout rate was the best in baseball. It was, I think, like 44 <laughs> percent. So just mowing guys down and and he did this for the White Sox last year but he kind of faded down the stretch a little bit he had the shoulder fatigue he got shut mm -hmm. down at time they limited his innings quite a bit but then in the playoffs we got a glimpse of him and he was throwing 100 miles an hour again and with a wipeout slider and that's what we've seen from Carlos Rodon to start the year for the most part uh, and then everybody else I mean Di Scalfani is hurt so that's hurt them mm -hmm. but Jacob Junis has come over. They signed him. I think the Royals non-tendered him, and they signed him to this little $1.75 million deal, and he's filled in and been quite good in the absence of Di Sclafani. Alex Wood hasn't been quite the same guy that he mm -hmm. was last year, but he's still an effective pitcher as long as he's healthy. That's been a concern in his career, but when he's able to go out there every fifth day for a whole season, he generally has a, a strong year. Alex Cobb uh, a lot of the guys, I must say, like the earned run average versus the peripheral numbers mm -hmm. aren't lining about this, yeah. up. Yeah, mm -hmm. so they, they actually have the 18th highest starting pitcher ERA at like 4.14 or something like that. But the FIP 
and the xFIP and the ground ball rate, the strikeout rate, walk rate, they all suggest much better results than that. And I've seen it. Like they just have given up a lot of seeing eye base hits, basically, and little bloop mm. hits, like more than you would normally see. I get that it happens sometimes, but mm-hmm. they they have allowed the highest av- batting average on balls in play, BABIP, of any staff. So I'm still really bullish on the Giants starting pitching, but they've got a lot of guys who have this weird kind of ERA is bloated, but the peripheral numbers are significantly better. Mm-hmm. That's a great point to bring up. And I think that especially in the sport of baseball, where like a lot of times people maybe they, they look at expected stats and they don't understand how you can look at what's expected versus what has literally been done. And I think that personally, my theory is that a lot of that comes from the NBA and the NFL, where which I just mentioned before, where we're used to having to be like, no, really, like we need to look at what is happening right now and then wins or losses well for baseball i mean it's so long the season is so long not breaking any news here obviously and you look at the course of the season last year obviously the giants were off to a a a good start at the end or hold on i phrased that wrong they start off kind of meh last year which is a really important factor to bring up here and the padres kind of blew him off the face of the earth when it came to the first like month and a half of baseball, not necessarily in head to head, but just in terms of overall output. I mean, with Machado and obviously Tatis and then the starting pitching was amazing. Right. And then it kind of changed dramatically. So I think that when you look at some of these expected stats, it's definitely helpful. Um, but before we get into more of the expected stats and maybe just a, some hope for Padres fans who are getting a little bit nervous that the giants are going to be better. Don't worry. I'll help you guys out. But before we get into that, let's talk, about the best protein bar on the planet ladies and gentlemen oh my gosh they are the built bars they're so good and they just had their their birthday cake flavor birthday cake puff flavor i got them ben did you receive a package of them i sure did it was like waking up on christmas morning or your birthday morning most certainly (laughs) it was really really good well said and they've also got a new flavor man check this out brownie batter puffs that are coming Ridiculous. out batter batter it's it's an appropriate word for the podcast that everybody's listening to everybody batter up uh you should go check out those flavors they are all very yummy on top of just the puff flavors they've got regular built bars that are super super good and the macros are great too 140 calories 17 grams of protein and only seven grams of sugar for these old brownie batter puffs and trust me compared to a candy bar you are living Ladies and gentlemen, go check out built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Remember that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Everybody also be sure to go check out the Lockdown Nowcast, which is kind of a 20-minute refresher on all things. That's free and available on all your platforms and whatnot. Go check that out. Really cool pod. I like listening to it every now and then. Or not even every now and then, just straight up every day. Um, Ben. Let's continue. Let's continue with these expected stats. And before we get into some Padre stuff and whatnot um, with these expected stats, you know, this doesn't necessarily mean and everybody has to calm down. It doesn't necessarily mean that this is a top five rotation in baseball or more specifically that they will perform at top five level. I mean, you know, a, a friend of mine, it's become an inside joke to make fun of Eduardo Rodriguez, whose expected stats all last year were incredible, right? Like it was unbelievable. And they said, oh, the it was a weak left side of the infield with Devers and Bogarts, right? They let everything go through. And that's why Eduardo Rodriguez and maybe sometimes guys aren't able to perform to those expected stats and peripherals and whatnot. Um, but nonetheless, the concerning part is definitely that if you're a Padres fan, 
The Giants seem to get something out of everybody. You just said Jacob Junis. What the crap are you talking about? Jacob Junis? <laughs> His ERA is under two right now. Um, I'm just, it doesn't make any sense to me. You're non-tender candidates. And, you know, they bring back Lamonte Wade. You know, what is kind of just the last question for you before you get into some Padres stuff, I guess, is just any under-the-radar players that you think the Padres should know about other than the ones that I just mentioned? I mean, there's always going to be a lot of them, it seems, with this Giants team. <laughs> Luis, Luis Gonzalez was one of them. You may not have even mm. heard of him, but he, he came up and was good for the Giants, but they actually had to send him down because they've got too many guys who finally came back healthy. That's the thing. The Giants, early on in the year, they were missing a lot of guys, and then they had a COVID situation, and they, they were missing everybody. <laughs> so they had some crazy lineups there for a few days with, with COVID plus other normal injuries. And I, I just want to say, like, on the record, I think when all is said and done, they will have a rotation that ends up top five in something like ERA. Okay. I don't think that Go that's ahead crazy. <laughs> With Rodon, I mean, he, t- to me, he still looks like a Cy mm-hmm. Young candidate. Logan Webb looked that way for almost all of last year after a shaky first month and a half or so. And Alex Cobb is out here throwing 97 miles an hour. Don't with, get me started uh, on that. He's got a 70% ground ball rate. League average is like 40 and so he's getting tons of grounders. He's, he can strike people out. The ERA is completely bloated. But I think, I mean, he's one. he has the best expected ERA in baseball. Not just like it's good and the ERA is <laughs> higher. It's number one in the game. A lot of weak contacts. And, and I'm telling you, just found holes somehow. But I would expect that to turn around. But anyway, your question was not that. Um, in terms of just... <laughs> no, but I seriously, mean, the Alex Cobb thing... I, I, it was him and Alex Wood and then like Tyler Anderson and maybe one other guy that I wanted the Padres to get, but granted, I don't know if the Padres get Alex Cobb, that his velocity is at 89 miles per hour for some reason, all of a sudden. Right. And then for the giants, that tweet about how he hadn't thrown anything above 94, like more than seven times in his career. And he threw it 11 times his first start. I was like, this is just like, it's, it's such a hard team to evaluate in a traditional way. Right. They're kind of they got that Tampa thing going on where they just procure arms out of nowhere. And then they're they really well coached. Obviously, Gabe Kapler, you know, manager of the year last year. They have the most um, coaches in baseball like they just kind of know what they're doing. So you can't it's a really hard team to evaluate when you're just like, oh, the only star here in theory is Webb and Brandon. You know, like they, they kind of have that vibe to them. They 100% do, and and even among fans of the Giants, they're kind of trying to figure it out, and like, how are they able to do it? And fans coming into this year were <laughs> skeptical about like, their what? ability. <laughs> well, they're skeptical, and they're like, why didn't they do yeah. more? And this team is going to mm-hmm. collapse, and they didn't they didn't do enough to kind of sustain and continue to have success with what they did last year. But so far this year, we've seen their second in baseball at runs per game, which you wouldn't necessarily think just by looking at the lineup that they throw out there, they are platooning, as you mentioned, of course. Mm-hmm. There's a completely different lineup for lefties and righties. One of the new guys who's who's an everyday player right now, for the most part, is Tyro Estrada. So that's probably mm-hmm. probably the guy to look out for, for Padres fans. he's He just had a really nice series, so expect to see him in the lineup. And, and he's a pretty athletic and good uh, second baseman as well. But we can shift our attention to the Padres. I have a lot of <laughs> questions about Let's do it. Let's do them it. as well from afar, because I haven't been like completely on top of what they've done but I think Giants fans and myself included have just seen 
that they've had a good year and consistently they're just winning games, winning series, and and they've been ahead of the Giants for the most part. It's been really close, but Dodgers and Giants, uh, Dodgers and Padres, uh, ahead of the Giants in a tight little top three in the NLS. So mm-hmm. Tatis, we know. I mean, we you and I haven't had a chance to talk about this, but he yeah. is gonna miss some time, and he's already he hasn't played. Uh, he mm-hmm. hurt himself in. Uh, you can maybe elaborate on that, but. How are the Padres, how have they been able to have the success that they've had so far this year, especially given the absence of Tetis? Hey, I just talked about this with um, with uh, Lockdown MLB's host, uh, Paul Francis Sullivan, but please, everybody, for the love of God, call him Sully. Please, it's a big thing. Um, <laughs> uh, and basically what we talked about is a kind of mixture of things. We talked about Bob Melvin and how it's just on top of just being a good manager, good record. It shows that the front office was like, all right, let's not just, I don't know why I decided to hold a pencil now. Um, then on top of that, the front office was like, let's not just have guys that Preller knows from Texas. Right. And I think that that means a lot. All right. So you have that factor of it. And then you have the factor that guys are kind of stepping up and it's not necessarily the people everyone would have expected. Hassan Kim for the Padres hasn't been an all-star shortstop he's not going to probably sniff the all-star game but when you looked at how many defensive runs he had last year in a very small size you looked at his basketball average you just watched the guy play he's got a gun for an arm he just knows what he's doing if he just became to use your your wrc plus if he just became an average batter a 100 a 105 that's like a two and a half war player and that's a big deal for this Padres team, considering that Tatis is at. So if Kim can do that, and he's been doing that so far, and a big thing with him is just seize the ball more, isn't falling in behind in too many counts as much as he was last year, making a little bit better contact. And while the pull rate is still not necessarily as desirable for a, that you would look at, he is turning a lot of his pulled hits into fly balls, which has resulted in more extra bases and more home runs and whatnot. So if he's going to pull it, I appreciate that he had actually in this Phillies game, which we won the series of, which is why I'm wearing my fancy old uh, shirt here. Um, He actually had two fly balls that unfortunately went foul, but he yeeted them. All right. So he was just a little bit, maybe a little bit more luck in his favor. He might've had a home run there, but Kim has been a big deal for the team. And then lastly, it's a starting pitching. Um, You know, you brought up your little XFIP and your ERA and whatnot. We'll try out this quality starts. (laughs) Uh, I believe the Padres lead the major leagues in quality starts right now, but well, that's it can be a little bit misleading of a stat, of course. Um, but the key thing to notice is just consistency. Aside from when your team put my team in the news for unwritten rules after they lit up you, Darvish, in the first inning, aside from that, aside from Mike Clevenger not necessarily going too long in the games, aside from Blake Snell's debut and a Nick Martinez start, I just listed for you all the times that they basically haven't had quality starts. There's a real consistency to the Padres where they know if they can just score four to five runs, they're probably winning the game. And considering that Manny Machado decided, all right, screw it. I guess I have to just win the MVP this year. Um, that's kind of been the formula for success for the Padres. They also need those starting pitches a lot because their bullpen has been a little bit weak. But uh, let's just ignore that I just said that. Um, so that's a big thing. With Shamanaya, with Joe Musgrove. Musgrove is probably the guy that most fans are probably aware of. He's in the top 15 of most stats, whether you ERA, your ground balls, all that sort of stuff. His FIP, he's been great. He looks awesome. He looks absolutely awesome and is the type of pitcher that uh, can pitch against anybody. I don't care what the lineup is. So that's kind of been at a glance what's been going well for the Padres right now. And it's been it's been really fun. It's been really fun for a team that started off with the Tatis injury, having a lot of bad mojo heading into the year. 
Yeah, absolutely. And when I look at that team, the thing that scares me the most is that starting pitching. When I look at yeah. like even this upcoming series and the probables, Sean Manaya just steady mm -hmm. as ever and a really nice pickup, I think. And then mm -hmm. Joe Musgrove, I mean, quietly kind of a Cy Young contender himself. Yeah. He's just mm -hmm. he's just dirty when you look at the numbers and what he's he's been able to accomplish. Local kid, so I mean, I think he probably perhaps ends up there long term uh, mm -hmm. because I believe he's a free agent at the end of the year. Yeah, he is. Three of the pitchers in the Padres starting rotation are free agents after this year. Snell and uh, Darvish it's, as well. It's right? Clevenger. It's uh, no, it's not Darvish. Snell and, okay, and Darvish are. Yeah, they're one year away. It's Clevenger, Musgrove, and Manaya. Okay. Um, and the other, the follow up I have though, when I was looking at the Padres season, what I've consistently noticed, and this is more me looking at the Giants and consistently seeing this, but. Mm -hmm. The Giants, for a long time, they had this really good run differential, and their record wasn't mm -hmm. quite catching up with how good their run differential was. It has now. They've got, you know, on MLB.com, you can see this, the expected record and the actual record, expected record mm -hmm. being based on the run differential. And for the mm -hmm. Padres, their run differential has consistent, consistently been worse than the Giants. They're at mm -hmm. uh, an expected record of 21 and 17, an actual record of 24 and 14. And then when I looked, when I just looked a little closer, I noticed the Padres have only played six games against teams that are currently over 500. So I know they played <laughs> the Giants. Yeah. And the Giants are currently over 500. So, and I think you played the Padres or the Dodgers at least once, right? I guess yes. it was. I, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I didn't look at the schedule, but I guess that means those are the only two teams that are currently over 500 that the Padres have played. And so my question is, and by the way, the Giants have played 17 games against teams currently over 500. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like digging a little bit at the Padres, okay. but I mean, if they can't control the schedule and they've, they've taken advantage of it. But do you think knowing that, seeing that and knowing what we saw last year, which was that they did have a great start and then completely collapsed and ended up mm -hmm. below 500. Do you think that they can sustain this when they start facing the Giants more, the Dodgers more? Or is it important to see how they can stack up against the best competition in the league? I think there's two answers to that question. Number one, um, may I introduce you to the 2021 Seattle Mariners, ladies and gentlemen? It can be done. I don't care about your run differential whatsoever. You just got to believe. You know what I mean? You hold up the believe sign. Shout Those out Ted Lasso. Yeah, those in the ones bank. Are in the doesn't bank. matter. In the it bank. does not yeah, matter. Exactly. That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I will say though, in fairness, like they have had really good situational hitting. I will say they've there's a there's a little bit of a focus to the Padres this year. Just a little bit, they're a little bit removed from the swag chain and a little bit the hype has kind of receded. And I do think that, that that does count for something, is that they're like, all right, yeah, we stunk last year. We can't be acting like we're the big dogs right now. We have to come in, act like underdogs, and because you are, and just kind of perform well. And guys that are coming through at the right times, and hopefully some other guys that will perform better. Um, and the second reason, I'll give to you in just a second. A second reason why I think that uh, to counter your point about the strength of schedule. But before we do that, guys, let me just tell you our partners at BetOnline.net continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. All right, you want to make your bet on Manny Machado MVP. You want to say Rodon is going to win the Cy Young, whatever. They got you covered, guys. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, 
Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. Be back. Let me catch a question. First of all, yes, the Mariners thing, a little bit of a joke because, but seriously, though, those are fun teams. I, they, you get like one or two every couple of years that just just clutch. And it's just so much fun to have these teams that just are able to, to you know, kind of push through and whatnot, even if they're not doing great, the Mariners right now. But the other point I would bring up is as someone who's on the East Coast and knows a lot of people from the tri-state land and area, a lot of people love slandering how the Yankees haven't played anybody, Right. Similar to the Padres, I will say in this respect, some of their pitching stats might be a little bit inflated. And I think that you can make that argument for guys like Mackenzie Gore, who we haven't talked about. He's been great. I don't really care in the sense because Gore is bottom line, still a rookie. So I'm not going to, oh, he faced the Reds twice. All right, I don't care. He's still a rookie and it's still impressive he's doing. But I, I, I struggle with the strength of schedule thing sometimes because, you know, unlike some other sports, it feels like there's such a a lack of parity the same way in baseball where you're either a contending team or you're the Cincinnati Reds. They play the Reds. They play the Marlins. They play, um, who else did they play? They played the Pirates. They played the Cubs, right? And then they played, did we play Colorado recently? I forgot. No, we did not. But you look at just that and I'm like, all right, I guess the strength of schedule matters. But when half the teams you're playing because of the way baseball is set up, which is partially the reason we had a lockout, is that there's a lot of teams that aren't trying and a lot of teams that aren't investing. A lot of teams are tanking. So my thing is a win is a win. Um, it is a good point, though, that I don't think that their record suggests that they're, say, one of the best teams in baseball. Um, rather than they just seem to be winning a lot of games. And, it's, and especially the last point I want to make is that last year they were losing against the bad teams, right? So that is a welcome thing. I think they went like 8-12, and 12 against the Rockies last year, um, the Rockies who were indomitable at home, but even still, they were not performing well against the Rockies. They were losing three out of four to teams like the Marlins um, on 4th of July weekend. So half the teams are tanking, it feels, and also wins a win, man. And I'm I'm definitely concerned about the long term for the Padres, but I also think that they have some guys that can improve as time goes on. Yeah, and my, my kind of reaction, just to be clear, was like um... – I was a bit surprised to mm. see that they had I just didn't know that that was the schedule but mm -hmm. I guess my my big big point is that I view the Padres as a good team even last year I mm -hmm. mean coming into the year you and I talked about it a ton mm -hmm. I thought we both thought they were going to win 95 plus games potentially and and be right there with the Dodgers and and I don't see any reason why this year like for me I just talked about this upcoming homestand for the Giants and I can. I said two good teams are coming into town. Like I view the Padres mm -hmm. as a good team, and so when I look at that, I don't necessarily see a team that's just been fortunate. I see what I'm curious to see is what what does it end up looking like? Are they is something yeah. actually going to change? Because what I'm trying to say is I don't expect that. I expect them mm -hmm. to continue to have success even when they face good teams. But I guess they have to go out there and prove it because this Padres team has been hyped up a lot and so yeah. far they haven't over a long period of time been able to prove that they belong up there. But mm -hmm. as you mentioned, it sounds like, sounds like there's a bit of a 
culture change and the, the swag chain and all that. And I think Bob Melvin under the radar, just a great pickup for that yeah. reason, kind of, because he just brings that. I think it was a great under the radar kind of pickup. And I would not be surprised at all if they're able to have a much better year this year than they did last year. Mm-hmm. They just, and this, ha- I keep doing this a lot, but this happens in the NBA sometimes where teams rest all their players and they kind of act like they've won the title, even though they haven't. And then they limp into the playoffs and whatnot. The Padres did have that vibe and don't get me wrong. I love it. I adore it. I love when baseball has teams that are irrationally confident or rationally confident and crazy. And they have the swag chains and you got Tatis on the cover of the show. It's great. It doesn't always lead to collapse. I think that that's a bias that people have, that you have to be serious and you have to be humble and all like, no, you don't like, that's not an, a, a given all the time, but I think this Padres team needed it. I think they needed to say, you know what? We really stunk it up last year and it was seen live on TV with Machado and, and Tatis getting into an argument in the clubhouse. They needed a guy who just has worked with a lot of teams and worked with a lot of different players, overachieved with some teams. I think they needed that in there instead of just, you know, us waking up and being like, oh my God, Will Myers just, you know, shit talked uh, Andy Green on live on Twitch while playing Fortnite accidentally. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we can't, like, we can't have that, right? So uh, I know that that was years ago, but they, they needed a calming, just guy who's been there before a guy that the players will kind of, you know, respect a lot. Um, And when Tatis comes back, hopefully that's going to launch their offense into being a lot better. And instead of it just being solely Machado performing at MVP level, they're going to say, we're going to have him the first baseman who I still will not name performing like one of the 10 to 15 best batters in baseball right now, even if a tad bit fortunate uh, that their offense can win enough. I think that's what they can do. Hey, the Brewers did it last year. You can't name more than three players in the Brewers' offense. And Manny Machado is better than every single player that the Brewers have on offense. And they won like 95 games. So hopefully that is the recipe for success for the Padres for sure. Yeah, and just the fact that Tatis isn't even there yet and he will eventually be back. I mean, that's like mm-hmm. what bi- what bigger acquisition could you make than getting Tatis back? When is he coming back, by the way? So they said early July. I don't know. It's it's a little bit up in the air. They said at the start of the season, like three months. I think that after the All-Star break is just the safest thing to say. It could be right after the All-Star break, too, um, especially depending on how they're doing. Um, if they're still coasting the way that they are right now, um, not coasting, they're leading kind of in the top of the division. But I'd say around then, they probably just don't want to force it. At least I don't want yeah. them to, because let's also keep in mind that this motorcycle incident is separating him last year which is a big that I've brought up with the shoulder that can just happen on a swing. Right. So, and he doesn't seem to be getting planning to get surgery for that. So that is a big thing in that. I don't know how the body works and whatnot. I don't know if that'll be fine or whatnot, but it is worrisome. The fact that that is an injury that can literally happen with him swinging the bat and he could be out for three weeks. So I think they're going to take their time with him and we'll have to see if they make a move for another bat, another power bat, who's going to be hopefully a little bit more productive than uh, Luke Voigt has been so far. Um, and, but in granted, a lot of power bats and a lot of uh, offense across baseball has been a little bit weird this year, but even still, they need a little bit more reliable of some guys going to hit balls into the, the bleachers. Well, I'm looking forward to this series because I think probably mm-hmm. for both teams, it's a little bit of a measuring stick type of series. Yeah. I think that whole thing gets a little bit overblown and overrated, but in this case, these mm-hmm. two teams are kind of fighting for, for the same mm-hmm. spot, which is like that team that can be that can hang there with with LA 
uh, all the way through. And and last year, the Giants got the best of the Padres and the Dodgers. But uh, it seems like there may not be enough room for all three of these teams to just consistently mm-hmm. be where they've been. And and the Giants and the Padres kind of feel like they're in similar places playing well, but maybe trying to get the best of one or the other and get some separation. So I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. it. And man, you know what? I ain't scared of the Cardinals. In the playoffs, I am. But give me a break. Hey, yeah, go sign a pitcher. Yeah, go. Yeah, not the, go sign a pitcher, Cardinals. cowards. <laughs> go sign a shortstop, you cowards. Bay Milwaukee well, Brewers, my I don't know if you know this. I say this on like every podcast with a guest. The Milwaukee Brewers, my my most hated team for this year. Go like, just prove it. Show me. I'm not that scared of your team. Oh, we got we got the Cy Young winner and Freddie Peralta and Eric Lauer, who's now awesome. <clears throat> and, uh, that sucks for the Padres, but even still, uh, I'm not scared of the Brewers. Give me a break. Uh, I've had enough. The Phillies, I'm actually more scared of because I think the Phillies can rip off a crazy streak at some point. But anyway, uh, yeah, Ben, I agree. Uh, it's going to be a big series, a big litmus test for the Padres because of the fact they haven't played as many people and because they will be playing the Brewers right after the Giants. So it's going to be fun. I love playing the Giants. Uh, hate hate it sometimes because Tommy LaStella, I just saw, could be a guy who all of a sudden hits a nuke like 480 feet like he did the other night. For those who don't know, Tommy LaStella is like a six home run a year type of guy. Like he doesn't necessarily have power and he just yeeted one the other day. So it's it's one of those series where I just fear everyone on the Giants. Obviously, Brandon Belt has killed the Padres earlier this year. He's got a great eye at the plate, but it's kind of, it's really fun. Uh, it's really fun to play the Giants because you just learn something, I feel like, about both teams every time. Uh, ben, before we kind of close this one out, do you have any last things you would like to plug as always to plug? Not really. I just want one more thing I wanted to say is mm. Mike Yastrzemski having a rebound, very nice type of year. And so he's, Ooh. he, he'll probably hit at the bottom of the lineup against the lefty Manaya, who I think is going in game one of the series, but he's in there. He's not getting platooned right now. So he even Ow. is starting against lefties. Good. And then overall uh, he's just looked like his 2020 self when we were talking about yeah. him as a guy who, Looked like one of the best players in the game. So just wanted to point that Holy out crap, uh, and give him a little shout. 290, 376 batting average on base, for those wondering. Not hitting the home run balls all the time, but much better than last year for sure. So he's wow, consistent. I did, I did not realize. Con- the one mm-hmm. thing that's been consistent with him has been the power. And so I think the power will mm-hmm. come. And we've mm-hmm. seen the power swing. He's hit some nukes. And mm-hmm. if he's able to hit have that kind of on base percentage and you add that with like 25 home run power, then – it's and and good defense. He can play center as well. Uh, it's a good package. Awesome, man. Absolutely love that. Looking forward to the series and looking forward to just I don't know recapping and whatnot. Everybody, go check out Ben on Twitter at Ben Caspic and check out Locked On Giants. And of course, for your Giants listeners, you can check me out on Twitter at Javapeno J A V I I P E N O or at LO underscore Padres. I tweet about dumb stuff and the Padres every now and then. It's really fun tweeting stats because then all my followers like to retweet them and whatnot. It, it makes the, the numbers and makes my head, my brain happy. So I like doing that every now and then. But Padres recaps go at LO underscore Padres. Go check out Just Baseball, site that I write for. And that's basically it, everybody. That about does it for today's podcast. Remember always to stay safe. And stay faithful, my cry faithful homies. Ben, Ben Blast.